Hello and welcome to the weekly sermon podcast of AZ Vineyard Church. This week, enjoy the podcast as truth is revealed in God's Word. Go get a notebook, grab a Bible, and expect to have an encounter with God today. You know, I want to share a miracle with you that we just witnessed, and I don't want you to miss the realities of the, the miracle we just witnessed. How does Jim jump up and down and play the guitar and yell and not smack his face on the, on the microphone? I, how does he do that? It's like, oh, the miracle of the no-face smack mic. Not to mention Stephanie back there. She's got like that much room back there and she's back there dancing away. How do you even do that? I dance with plenty of room and fall down. It's like I got the, I got the gift of awkward on me. So let's pray. Lord, we're, we're here to surrender our lives to you. Can you say amen to that? We're here to give ourselves to you, to learn of your ways. Lord, we have discovered and are discovering that your ways are better than our ways. Your ways bring joy and peace. Your ways bring fulfillment of life. Lord Jesus, your ways are eternal. And we just like them. Amen. Amen. I'd like you to get your Bibles out. As uh, Rod pointed out, we've been studying and, and talking about giving and generosity and tithing. And here's, here's the point. Lest, lest you be, you know, stumble over the idea that oh, all the church wants is our money. No, I don't. I don't care about your money. What I do care about is I care about that you, that you love Jesus more than anything else in your life because I know if you do that, your life will start coming into an alignment that it cannot come into any other way, an alignment that brings peace and joy and satisfaction and fulfillment. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying... Maybe we should go back there. You guys are all getting serious up in here and they're having the fun. Anyway, I'm glad they're having a good time. Anyway, so, listen, when we are willing, like our, our permeating values say, to be wholeheartedly in love with the Lord, that means everything about us becomes His. Everything. And as I taught a couple of weeks ago, Money is a form of power. Money is a form of power. It will empower who you are, for good or bad. You know, whatever's there, you know, it's like electricity. You plug it in, turn it on, you find out what it does, you know. Some of you bother to read the instructions, others don't. You know, I mean, money does the same thing. Whatever's there, it, it empowers. It's not money's not good or evil. It's neither one. It's, it's merely a tool. But 
in the warnings of Scripture, Jesus warns us that money has the ability to become a God for us because we look to money for things we should only be looking to our God for. There's a warning there. You know, remember Jesus taught about the sower sowing seeds. Some of the seeds fell on the path, got ate by birds. Some fell among uh, uh, in stony places and they sprouted and it came up, but they couldn't last because there's no depth of soil. They dried out and died. Others, seeds got thrown among the thorns. You know, I think every believer should take, uh, take note of that point about being the seed among the thorns. It says, Jesus said, the worries of life, the, those weeds, those thorns that, that it was sown into, the weeds choked it out and became unfruitful. And the weeds were the cares of life and concerns over money. He singles that out. So, see, here's the point I want to make today. I'll just tell you what I'm going to tell you, and then, you know, let's dip some people here. But <laughs> the points I want to make today is this, that when money is in its proper place, let me tell you something. When we make money bow the knee to the one and only King of Kings, bow, money, you will not be my God. You will not dictate my life. You're not my king. I will not make the decisions of my life based on how money tries to choke the life out of me. See, when, when money is in its proper place, it's a powerful tool for for, for your life and for the kingdom of God, because your life is in the kingdom of God, right? Okay, I want to read a, a few passages to you. How much time do I got? Okay, Matthew chapter 6, why don't you turn there? I've been saying this a lot lately and, and pointing it out, and I want to point it out again. Jesus is the king of the radical statement. You ever read the words in red in your Bible? Dude, that dude says some radical stuff. I mean, he's just like, he goes right for the jugular. He's, you know, he's not about being comfortable in this world the way the world is. You know, he's all about, let's take an axe and chop that stuff down. Let's break it. Let's throw it out. He's radical. Love will make you do radical stuff, you know. Okay, that's a different sermon. I won't go there. Okay. I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation because many of us have heard these verses many times before. I want you to try to hear them all over again. If you've never heard these verses before, it's kind of easy to understand. Okay, so in the Passion Translation, starting with verse 19, I'm going to read 19 through 21 in Matthew 6. Okay, you there? Anybody need me to wait? Okay, here we go. Jesus says, don't keep hoarding. Everybody say hoarding. Hoarding. Don't keep hoarding for yourselves earthly treasures that can be stolen by thieves. Material wealth eventually rusts, decays, and loses its value. Instead, stockpile heavenly treasures for yourself that cannot be stolen and will never rust, decay, or lose their value. For, now listen to this, 
For your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. Your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. Okay, so when we, when we look to earthly things as our treasure, okay, l- let me give you a few examples that I want you to know I'm not exempt from. So, just saying. You know, oh, if I could only get that quad, I'd be happy. If I could only have that bigger quad, because the one I got before is no longer satisfying. So if I could only get that side by side and whoosh across the desert, you know, if I could only get that other gun, you know, if I could only, ha- then I'd be happy. The bigger house. If I could only have that thing that I don't have because I'm no longer satisfied with the things that I have and money will make me happy because I can get... Are you hearing what I'm saying? Have you ever noticed something? That when you get that widget, that thing that you thought you wanted so bad and then you get it and you show it to everybody, look, I got a widget. I got a thing. Check it out. Did you, have you ever noticed after a little while you don't even think about the thing, the widget, the thing that you got and made you so happy for like a minute? Have you ever noticed that? And then your mind begins to drift on the other widget thing that you don't have. And then after a while, when you get old like me or Brent, you know, me and Brent, we're right there. When you get, when you... You get older, you dig, you find the widget thing in your closet, and it's like, what is that? What, how come I kept that? You, don't tell me I'm the only one that's ever happened to. Come on. See, here's the thing. What Jesus is telling us is he's telling us that when our satisfaction, that our, our desires are rooted in eternity in heaven... In this life, as we go through our lives, how does he word that again? He says, for your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. When, when the Lord Jesus himself is our treasure, we all of a sudden align our heart's desires with his heart's desires. Let me give you an example. I got married many years ago and... Maybe I should, I don't know if I should say this. My wife always says, I didn't marry a pastor, I married a drug addict. (laughs) Thank God we didn't stay that way. I stunk as a husband. I'm not sure I'm that great right now, but I was awful. I was so self-focused and so materialistic and, you know, I can honestly tell you that God loves my wife. He loves that girl. Because he's always telling me to shape up. It's like, dude, you know, what's, what are you thinking, man? Why did, does he ever talk to you that way? <laughs> when, when you love the things Jesus loves, when you love him most and he's your treasure, all of a sudden you begin to align with the way he works And you begin sowing. Listen to me. We're going to get to this a little more. Sowing your life in good ways. Sowing the life. He gave you the life 
and love and thoughts and blessings and kindness and grace and victories. You begin sowing those things in the life of people around you. When your treasure is based in heaven, there's an unending flow of things that he pours into you and you pour out to others. I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about every. The the scriptures teach us that God provides for us everything we need for life and godliness. In other words, everything we need in life, the Lord's promised to provide. He may not care about some of our wants. He might. I don't. Sometimes I'm shocked at how he he blesses people with some of their wants. But the thing he promised was. That he would provide for our needs. Can anybody say amen to that? He provides for our needs. So Jesus is telling us. That the stuff of this world. Is going to falter, fail. Break. Rust. Most translations say moths are going to eat it. Attack of the killer moth. (laughs) See where my mind goes? I want to see that video someday. Luke chapter 6. Why don't you turn there? I'm going to go through two more passages real quick. And I want us to learn from the Lord Jesus. Learn His ways. And then put them into practice. So, firstly, we're treasuring the things that are eternal. The things that are of the Lord. Jesus himself. And as we love him above all, our loves begin to align with what's really meaningful. I'm not saying without Jesus we don't love our kids or our spouses. I know that that people do. But it, it be, we begin to shift so that the way he loves them flows through us. And it's higher. His ways are higher than our ways, right? Next, Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Now, before I read this, I want you to understand. Let's all, this verse is, is used for finances over and over and over. And I want you to understand the context of this passage is not finances. It's forgiveness. The context is forgiveness. It applies to finances and everything else about us. But first and foremost, you want to change your life? You want want to be a better you? You want to get free from things that have held you back? Do you want to live a joyful life? Forgive. Forgive. I just, this is a freebie. This right here is going to be worth the price of admission. Most of us are miserable because we won't forgive someone else. Oh, but I have the rights to, oh no, you don't. Jack, you better think again. If you're a believer, you got no rights to hold anything against anybody because the Son of God hung on a cross with your sins on him. Oh yeah, he also hung on the cross with that other person's sins on them. You you don't have no rights to hold unforgiveness. Oh, but you don't know what he did. You don't know what they did to me. Don't care. 
it probably was really bad. And I'm, I am so sorry for any terrible thing that happened to you. Get free, son and daughter of the living God. Get free. Get free from that. Don't let it keep hurting you and killing you on the inside. Get free and forgive. Like Jesus. Let Jesus handle that other person. Yeah? There's a word from God for somebody in here. You needed that. All right? Luke 6, 38. Jesus is speaking on forgiving, but then he says this. Give generously and generous gifts will be given back to you. How about that for a promise? You be generous. Generosity. Did you hear that in some of the testimonies that happened here? They gave. They were given to. Yeah. Pressed down, shaken to, or shaken together. Excuse me. I'm like reverting to <laughs> the ones I've memorized. This. Give generously and generous gifts will be given back to you. Shaken down to make room for more. Abundant gifts will pour, will pour out upon you with such an overflowing measure that it will run over the top. The call of the Lord in our lives is to be generous people. Give like he gives. Be a generous person. And that applies to so much. The context of this passage is forgiveness. But that applies in when you have a generous heart, you're ready to give what's needed to be given in the moment. The last part of that says, your measurement of generosity becomes the measurement of your return. How about that? So, when we're not generous, we got our little thimble. Here, let me. There, I have been generous to you. I'm telling you, if you really believe this passage, you might consider getting a wheelbarrow. (laughs) Dump truck. (laughs) See, when you, you know your Father in Heaven is generous with you, you know you believe, you practice the realities that you can be generous with someone else. Let let me give you a couple of examples and then I'm going to move on. Generosity, having a generous spirit looks like this. It, it, It looks like when you pass by someone in a public setting and you become aware that that person is hurting and in need, maybe they're limping. Maybe they're, they're, they're weeping. Maybe you, all of a sudden, a generous-hearted person suddenly turns in compassion and takes an action. You know what? May God make us generous-hearted people so that we can... Here's, here's how generosity comes in. All of us only have so much time in a day, Right? Can we be generous people to take a moment with someone else who needs that moment? There's some really, really generous people in this house and I'm so proud of, of, of this congregation. I am. I'm, maybe I'm preaching to the choir. But generosity comes in every form and it comes when there's a need. I, I, I just want to brag on you guys for a minute. 
We just recently finalized a purchase on this building, not the whole center. We don't want the whole center yet. Well, we want it, but not yet because we don't want it. We're not quite ready for it. We, but we, get, we made the purchase on this spot. But right before the, the final, you know, go ahead and, and finalize the loan, right before, they could have told us months before, they said, oh, you guys are going to need this amount of money in the bank. And it's like, uh, well, that is, how much was it? Like ten, twelve thousand dollars $12,000 more than what we had? Ten. We needed a minimum of 10. Let's put it that way. And that would have used all our operating cash and everything to fulfill that amount in the bank. We came came to you guys and said, here's how much we need. Over the course of the next several weeks, and, and right after Christmas, it was right after Christmas, and days before we were supposed to be closing on the building. And it's like, okay, you guys, we need to do this. And before the whole thing was said and done, we never told everybody we needed $37,000. And before the whole thing was over, we, you, you guys had given over $37,000. It was like thirty-eight dollars and change or something like that. You guys did that. That's a generous heart. And I want to commend us for it. So don't get me wrong. When I preach this, I'm not saying, you guys need to line up. It's like, I'm proud of you guys. Let's go do it more. Let's see what else Jesus will do. Let's give to somebody in need around us. What do they need? What, look, notice. What, what do they need? Do they need hope? Give them some hope. Dude, you got hope unending. You have hope that's never going to stop. You have hope that comes from heaven to you that even if you lose this carcass thing you're wearing right now, you ain't going to die. You got hope. In every difficult circumstance we face, we have hope. Let's use one, like say a lost loved one that's wandered from God and have wandered into some bad things. It's hard to, to see him go through it. But even in that moment, We have hope that God's with him. He sees. He knows what's going on. He hasn't turned a blind eye. And we keep calling on him. And we know Jesus is, he's going to get you. He's going to get you. Right? A generous heart knows that God gives and is not limited to our understanding, our wallet, our abilities. Generous heart knows that if we give, He's going to take care of us in whatever is needed to be given. One more time. Give generously and generous gifts will be given back to you. Shaken down to make room for more. Abundant gifts will pour out upon you with such an overflowing measure that it will run over the top. Your measure of generosity becomes the measurement of your return. May God make us those who have a big measure so that we're dumping out on others and when the time comes, the Lord says, hey, give me that. And He's dumping it out back on you. Last, Galatians 6, 7-9. through
Galatians 6, 7 through 9, Paul's writing uh, to the Galatians. And he makes this statement, and boy, I could preach on this for an awful long time. I could preach the everlasting gospel on this, but I, I won't keep you here that long today. Galatians 6, 7 through 9, Paul says this, Make no mistake about it, God will never be mocked. Did you know you can never pull the wool over God's eyes? You know, whatever sin, whatever, you know, how they say about Santa, He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows. Jesus. He does. Now here's a word for you parents. Don't threaten your children with that. God's going to see you. Well, yeah, he does, but let's not make God out to be the bad guy. He's the one that's there to help. Make no mistake about it, God will never be mocked. For what you plant will always be the very thing you harvest. How many of you know my last name is Farmer? I know about this stuff. I do. I know about it. If you plant watermelon seeds, you are not going to harvest Brussels sprouts. Sorry, it's probably not going to happen. And some of you are saying, may the Lord be praised. (laughs) I, for one, like Brussels sprouts and watermelons, so I'll take them both. But, you know, some confuses me. Some people won't eat green things. It's like, no, it's like... What is up with that? You won't eat green things. I mean, come on. Okay, this, I'd probably better not degrade my sermon into a dietary thing. I just don't get it, okay? I like green things. Whatever you plant, whatever you plant in your garden, that's what you're going to get. Whatever you plant in the garden of your life, that's what you're going to get. And let me tell you how we plant in the garden of our life. It's by our actions and by our words. If you tell a kid over and over and over, well, that's stupid. You're stupid. You know what they're going to think? They're going to think they're stupid. Mom and dad, watch your, watch your tongue. I don't care if you're frustrated. If you're frustrated, do something godly like shut up. Did I actually say that was my outside voice? I, was, I, I have this odd belief that it might be a mistake to speak angry words over your kids, especially when you're frustrated and you want to, well, I'm just telling it like it is. Yeah, you're telling it like it's going to be too. Careful. Be careful with your words. Words have power. Words are seeds in others' life. What do you, what do you want that person to be? What do you want them to be? Speak that over them. How about you speak that over them? Can you see the pluses? Can you see the strengths? Can you see the giftings in that person? Speak it over them. Your children, your wife, your husband, others around you. You know, we want to hold other people accountable. And and when we say that, we think that means calling out what they did wrong. No, it's not. It's calling out the the future and the hope and the, the anointing in their lives. Call them up. Don't call them out. Call them up. 
We sow in our lives by our actions and our words. Where do they come from? Do they come from our own soul, from this world, by how we've been affected by the world around us? Or do they come from heaven? Do they come from the Word of God? You know, let's speak words of life. Take actions that bring life to others. Make no mistake about it, God will never be mocked for whatever you plant will always be the very thing you harvest. The harvest you reap reveals the seed that was planted. That, you might could run with that one for a little while. Um, If you plant the corrupt seeds of self-life into this natural realm, you can expect to receive a harvest of corruption. That word also means destruction. If you plant the good seeds of of spirit life, you will reap the beautiful things that grow from the everlasting life of the spirit. I want, I'm here to tell you, we can plant seeds that are going to bring a harvest that you're going to love. You're going to like it. Plant seeds of blessing. Plant seeds of encouragement. Plant seeds. Jesus said this in another place. Blessed are the merciful for they will receive mercy. I don't know about you, but I need a lot of mercy. Much mercy required. You better give mercy. You know, one of the things I think, probably not often enough, but when I get frustrated or upset with somebody or a circumstance, I, my mind, if I give myself time to think, instead of just flapping my jaws, I realize I better give some mercy here because I'm going to do something dumb just in a little bit. And I'm going to need some mercy. So mercy. I have discovered that ever since I've taken on that as, as a, a life theme to give mercy, people have been so merciful with me. I'm very grateful. What do you need? Okay, I'm going to end this and turn it over to Pastor Rod for some ministry and we're going to baptize some folks if I, I, I'm going to give you a word before I forget. Some of you need healing in your physical bodies. Go get the stuff to be baptized and let us baptize you as we pray for your healing. All right? If what I said just went and hit you, Jesus talking to you, step up and do it. Take action. What do you need in your life? This is a spiritual principle of sowing and reaping. It's all through Scripture. Forget karma. Whatever. Just throw that idea away. We're planting seeds for a harvest. Karma is not a thing. Sowing and reaping is a physical reality. It is a spiritual reality. What do you need? I want you to, this week... Think and consider, what do you need in your life? Your, your need may be financial. Your need may be emotional. Your, your need may be all kinds of things. Go sow it. Find somebody that needs what you need and go bless that person and pray for them just like you'd like to be prayed for. Go, if you need finances, go bless somebody. Take, you know, I, it doesn't have to be a lot. Just give something. Give some, give some prayer You need prayer? Go pray for somebody. You need a friend? Go be friendly. You go do it first. You go first.
have some faith in God that he's going to be with you. And if you need friends, go be a friend. You do it. You can do it. The Lord's going to be with you. Because that other person that needed a friend like you did is going to be so very blessed. And you're going to get so very blessed. And if your need is financial, the Lord will see you. He will see you give. He knows you can't outgive God. Don't just give money away. Okay, now you promised. Say, Lord, I trust you with my finances. Lord, I trust you with my heart. Lord, I trust you with, with my schedule. There you go, with my schedule. I trust you with it. That I can take some time out and give it to that person I don't even know that's sitting over on the curb over there weeping. And love on them. Now, I'm going to end by the last verse. And don't allow yourselves to be weary or disheartened in planting good seeds for the season of reaping the wonderful harvest you've planted is coming. Last, the Lord may bless you immediately in whatever you've given and it may take a season. Normal planting and harvesting. I'm a farmer. I know these things. You plant and you harvest a season later, later in the season, it's coming. Don't, get, don't weary in doing the right thing and giving. Giving and sowing and planting. Keep blessing somebody. That person that you're, you're hoping they'll turn and change and all, keep giving, keep blessing, keep praying. And the Lord will hear. And don't stop until you get your answer. By the way, that's called faith. And I know it's hard. Some of us have had some long, long-term battles. And yet I, I've seen so many in here and some online at, at home. You've just held on to the Lord. And you've kept persevering and you've kept trusting Him through the ups and the downs. And well done. The day's coming when you'll hear it from His own lips. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You'll hear that. But in this life, his promises are that you will reap if you don't get weary. Let's all stand. Father, in Jesus' name, we just bless you. We thank you that we can be here. Lord, that we can learn your word and your ways and that we can worship you together. And we ask you, Lord, now that as we move into baptizing folks, that you would move on them, everyone, by the power of your spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to AZ Vineyard Church's podcast. We're located in Goodyear, Arizona. To learn more about our church, visit our website, azvineyard.com. That's A-Z-V-I-N-E-Y-A-R-D.com.